1: If the Simpsons movie has taught us anything, and it hasn't, it's that everything can always get worse. As Bart Simpson stood, tethered to, tethered to a lamppost with his, with his pants missing, he uttered the phrase, This is the worst day of my life. Which Homer cheerfully responded with, Worst day of your life so far. And so... Like Bart Simpson, Southern AFC seem to have the worst part of their history every single week. But there's always a reminder it's just the worst part of our history so far. Welcome to Thursday's Wise Men Say podcast. We're, we're in the uh, Port Street Beer House and it's another Mank pod. My name is Tom Walsh and I'm here with our two Northwest contributors. We have Jim. Hello. And Joe. Hello. And um, We've got a lot to get through tonight uh, Looking ahead to Coventry And also we'll kick, so we'll kick off things with last night's exit to Gillingham In the first round of the FA Cup um, Before the match there wasn't really that much the, the talk was that FA Cup's not really a priority Like the checker trade We're not, not particularly bothered about it But it's another defeat 120 minutes without a shot on target um, so yeah what do we think of that
2: well first of all massive respect to all of the I think it was 326 maybe I don't know if that's the exact, exact amount it went but uh, anyone who went to that game don't know why or how you managed to do that but well done for doing it Um Sitting at home listening to it on the radio, I think the standout, uh, or the takeaway, I should say, from that game was at half-time, when uh, Barnes and Benno were basically saying that uh, there'd been more headers uh, or headed touches than had been touched with feet in the first half. Um, By the the end of the game, we still hadn't managed a shot on target. Um, I was clearly disappointed, given the strength of the team, especially going forward, that had been picked. If you look at the players who we had on the pitch, you'd think... Between, you know, Grig, Maguire, what more? O'Nion. Somebody could have mustered a shot at some point during the game they didn't. and I think sadly that's summed up the way things are going at the moment. Yeah that was a, that was a point where in the
1: Chronicle on, uh, before the game, there was a talk of we we're taking a very youthful squad down and what actually turned out was the only player only youth player was Brandon Taylor that made an appearance, whereas the rest of it was a cobble together first team and it's again like we saw at Scunthorpe, it's another just woeful performance.
3: Yeah, it was. It was uh, as 120 minutes. It was absolutely unacceptable. Um, and I think as a as a fan base, I, 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 st- I still don't think we're we in a position where we can we can accept those kinds of performances. And I th- I, rightfully so as well. Um, the owners may come out and say that we've had a a good start to the league season and, and what have you. Um, and although. Okay, the, the cup competitions aren 't as important as, as getting out of League one, I think we 'll all agree with that, and realistically, are we going to go on and win the FA Cup? Probably not, but when it comes to momentum and when it comes to actually having some sort of game plan or some sort of strategy um, within the squad there, there, there doesn 't seem to be any. Um, I think the main takeaway i've i 've had from these cup games is we seem to not not have progressed. At all since uh, since since Parkinson's taken over. In fact, probably regressed. Um, and I think that the main concern for me is the fact of how patched together we look, even this far into the season. We look we look like we're still in. A, we,
1: we look like a preseason side, nearly a quarter of the way or over a quarter of the way through the season. Well, to his credit, Parkinson did mention there was a lot of injuries. I mean, we've got two centre halves out, um, but like like we saw before the game like a lot of fans were like oh I'd rather lose this game go out of it and concentrate on it but when you can't do that for now we've done that in three cup games (laughs) like essentially all back to back and I don't see how that mentality
2: changes when we go into a league game well that's it and also the I'll accept the injuries at the back but if you look at the sort of attacking options the start of that game and the attacking options we had on the bench the fact that we didn't have a shot on target is frankly ridiculous. The fact that, ultimately, we didn't really do anything for the vast majority of the game other than play a series of increasingly more inept long balls forwards to, to Will Grigg. Actually, I think Greg actually was arguably one of the better players o- on the night. That's uh, um, interesting, because he got a one out of ten last night. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't imagine... Uh, Right, retracted. Real regret was the word. Now, but what, what I would say is um, that realistically, injuries, fine. You know, I accept that to an extent. But like Joe said, first of all, that's what you have got a squad for. We're looking threadbare. We're looking cobbled together. We haven't got enough players, first team players. That that much is obvious, and because some of the squads that that were playing in that game didn't look like they'd ever played a game of first-team football in the lives. And some of them were playing well for us last season, which I can't really understand what's changed in that time. Well, someone who has just played one of his first first-team games,
1: see, see, is uh, Brandon Taylor. And of the many bleak spots of that, playing in a freezing, cold, sparsely populated Priestfield. He's the one who did come out with some credit, and Parkinson um, singled him out for praise. And so that's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, Taylor was probably the
3: only positive to actually come out of the game. he won several battles in the air. He threw himself into every fifty-fifty, and he, he, to be honest with you, he didn't actually look out of place in the in the first eleven. I think uh, Parkinson may have alluded to that in um, one of his post-match press conferences. Mind you, saying that at this point in time, is that such a difficult thing to look out of place in our, yeah, exactly. in our
2: first eleven? Would we look um, out of place? I mean, <laughs> no, well, well, is, well, I, I mean, mean, I definitely would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, <laughs> but sort of on that, on that. On that show in last night, and on the, I think he was part of the Leasing.com or Check a Trade or whatever you want to call it. I think he was he, he played um, in that game as well, which Parkinson didn't oversee, um, but apparently he watched intently. Um,
1: <laughs> as intently you
3: can watch a Check <laughs> a Trade game. Yeah, um, I mean, if either Lynch or Willis were were to be out this weekend, which I'm not 100 percent sure they are, because um, Parkinson has since said that he, he's expecting them back. Um, I personally would probably prefer him over Flanagan if we were to just yeah. play one one at one and to
2: go alongside Willis. I mean, Willis. especially given he used to play for Coventry, so he's going to have a bit. of He's going to want to play against them, isn't he? If he you know, had a, not not major acrimonious exit. But I'm not sure how how well the Coventry fans took to him leaving anyway. Um, I'm assuming he's going to want to play. He is probably our best centre back, so he should play. But yeah, I'd, I, as, as Joe said, I'd be happy with Taylor in ahead of Flanagan because Flanagan. Has flattered to the see for the vast majority of the time he's played for us. Uh, he has played well in parts, but I've seen nothing from him or any other centre back in the first team to suggest that realistically they're a better option than uh, what 19 year old lad making his, his first team debut. I don't know what that says really I mean, about the state of the squad. I time. mean, you're always going to get that enthusiasm with a youngster coming into the team,
1: but it's not, like you said, if, if, a play, if like a Joel Lynch or even a Willis isn't fit, yeah, why not? I mean,
3: He's not a bad option to have, is he? I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think we should uh, pin our hopes on him starting every single... Chuck
1: the kids in, you say?
3: <laughs> kids for me. Not in that no part. No, no. no. Um, Redact that. <laughs> Redacted. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, as an option, I don't think he's a bad one. Um, I, like I say, I don't think we should necessarily pin all our hopes on, on him coming to be our saving grace this year. Um, but... When you look at how Flanagan has featured in the games that he that he has played in this season he's a shadow of former self compared to sort of the early part of, of last year yeah. um him and Baldwin when they first started out looked looked unbeatable and and it 's a shame that they they've um obviously baldwin is is on loan um it 's a shame and not playing and not place. playing yeah i mean that, I think it that says it all, that, that right. says at all exactly that yeah um I mean what what player can we why are we attracting these players and and putting these players in our first team when they can't even get a game in League 2 although I can't wait for uh, big Charlie Methven to come out and say we need to accept we're a
1: League 2 team in a few years time (laughs) but the defence is one issue but the more more very pressing concerns is up front Uh, I mean under Ross we weren't the most prolific scorers but now we're just not scoring at all And in Parkinson's That's been five away games Now he's played more away than Holmes We've only scored one goal And then in a season Last season Where we scored in Every game but one Yeah Barnsley away, Barnsley away.
3: Well, I
2: think, I think fund- fund- fundamentally With Parkinson um, And I sort of said this At the time he was He was appointed Is that
3: He's
2: a I think I was hoping He'd be more of a Pragmatic manager Rather than just a Purely defensive manager long ball manager because a, prag- a pragmatic manager with our squad wouldn't be playing long ball football because pragmatism is obviously making the best of, of what you've got available and we don't have the players to play that style of football and yet sadly the longer it goes on we seem to be playing it and we're playing these balls either over the top or up to, or up to Will Grigg and it's, it's not working and the goals that we're, the goals that we have or had I should say out of this, these exact same players Even at the start of this season Certainly last at this time last year Is I, I can't understand it, it's staggering How, how big the drop off has been In the performance level The attitude, the will to win The commitment from virtually every single player In the squad well, have well, Under Parkinson
1: Well let's get on to Parkinson uh, Saturday is his 10th game in charge And it's also pretty much to the day he was appointed or his first game. And Jesus Christ, that that feels like an absolute lifetime ago and it's only been a month. Um, so let's start on the positives. Um, he's played two home games mm-hmm. and we've won both of them if you exclude <laughs> Leicester Under 21s beating us. <laughs> <laughs> we've had we had a big win over Tranmere and then a not so big win over a a dreadful South End team. So in the limited time he's been here I mean do we still have to use that caveat that he's only been in the job for so long but are there any positives you can see I think I mean positives may be a bit of a stretch but I think that that you definitely
3: have to be mindful of the fact that it's his 10th game coming up and like you say it's been appointed a month it's (laughs) a lot of games in a a, a short period of time I mean wait I say that, bearing in mind that he has had a full week to then deliver that Gillingham performance yeah. doesn't really, uh, doesn't, doesn't really um, shine a positive outlook on, on what's to come. But I think you must consider the fact that he hasn't had a lot of time with these players. Maybe more concerning is the fact that the more time he's spending with these players, the less responsive they seem to be. Um, but, but that could be... Fatigue. It could be the fact it was a Tuesday night in Gillingham, and
1: it was freezing cold last night.
3: Yeah, the weather and, and obviously the magnitude of the of the of the game was minimal. Um, I think that you've got to if you, if like we started out in relation to the league, getting the first round of the FA Cup isn't a great no. isn't a great a great um, platform to to play football. Mind you. It worries me the um, the the lack of drive to impress mm. the new manager. Um, these players, I think, I think it was evident more so in the Leicester under 21s game when um, McGeeock particularly had an absolute stinker, mm-hmm. um, and that was his real his first real chance to actually show what he could do under under uh, Parkinson. And I just think that, that sort of at, at this point in time it is, it's it's concerning. That, that these players already
1: from the outside look as if they don't want to play. Well, do we do we put that down on it's just the maybe the atmosphere that's around the cup competitions. If if you've got a club just the from board level to the fans saying, oh, we're not particularly fussed about this uh, competition, it's all about the league, then as players would, they, I mean, it's not the most professional thing in the world, but they were thinking, oh, well maybe we don't have to go full throttle at this one we've got two big games back to back or is it I don't know if it's, personally I think it's that loss of momentum and it's like you can't just pick yourself out of Playing badly to yeah. suddenly playing amazingly against a good
2: team. Yeah, I think there'll one hundred percent be an element of players in these cup games. Probably, if they're being told or not being told, they're probably a bit of both. Thinking, well, I don't really want to go a hundred percent full throttle in this game. I don't want to get injured. I'm not that fussed but at the same time still representing the club it's still a first team game you've still played 120 mi- minutes against Gillingham and not one of his have a shot on target which I don't know whether you can really excuse that you've lost do you really want to lose to a youth team in the Leicester game I mean, stuff like that, that it's like as, um, you know I mean is there not some level of professional pride where you're thinking well you know I might be a League One player but I'm still a first team player the, I'm playing against effectively a team of kids
1: well yeah. that's, a, that's the thing As I said at the top of the show that I think that the Leicester game is just we've had many nadias in this yeah. uh, low moments in this season but I think no I can't, like James Hunter said it on a, um, a previous pod that no Sunderland team should ever lose to an academy side no matter I mean from my pals that were at the game they said that Leicester team was handy and they probably are yeah they but, were,
2: but, but for me it's like the problem and this is this is partially Parkinson and obviously partially the score as well is that there was no reaction to that result yeah. like fair enough okay you've lost the game fine nobody played well nobody can come out that looking well fine but next game you've got to you've got to show show something you've got to show that you, you weren't happy with it and you were trying to do something look at when Man City lost lost to Norwich the end of the Battering, I think it was Watford or whoever in the next game. There was a reaction to, to, to that result, and we just produced a very similarly crap performance in the next game. Yeah, um,
1: Scunthorpe, and It was also yeah. with, a, with a stronger team, if anything.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> What I think you're saying, the you pulled again the, on the on the shots on target um, sort of aspect of last of of um, the FA Cup game against Stillingham, but it's not if you look at the numbers, it's not actually a huge surprise. I mean, since Ross has left, if you compare our first nine games to to, uh, to well Parkinson's first nine games to, to Ross's last ten. <laughs> There's been an almost forty percent reduction in the shots on target, but that's that's. And then, if you look at also the amount of goals that we're scoring, we're scoring an average one goal a game, and you've got to think we have got five of those against Tranmere.
1: Yeah, this is this is one of the main uh, concerns I have about Parkinson. When to so the first game against Wickham, it's like okay, still new, went on the a defeat down there, the manner wasn't great, but you know you're easing into it and then the 5-0 the against Tram you're like wait here we go but I think whenever his tenure ends I think that game will be seen as like an anomaly on what because you look at just the, we have the small sample size of these nine games and nothing has it suggested we could blow a team away like you Tram well
2: that's it like, it's getting back to what I was saying before it's like we're, we're not if he's going to be a pragmatic manager whose only objective, which I'm assuming the only objective he was given by the board he was appointed was to get the motors, we weren't. we already weren't scoring enough goals and we already weren't having enough shots on target. And for that to reduce by 40%, in, what, a sample size of eight games? I mean, that's not good. I mean, and whether or not, if you're a striker and you're Will Grig and you need a goal, or you're Mark McNulty, or whoever you are, don't know what more, you need a goal. You've played a game against a youth team, played against a game against a League 2 team, you've played two games against a team in the League 1 who were a best average, and not one of you has actually stepped up and thought, you know what, I need a goal, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best. Because yeah, they haven't even looked like they've been trying. The I know it's basic to say they've been trying hard enough, but... Sometimes it does fall down to that because if you watch if you watch the, the, these games or even just listen to them, you can tell that they're not, and that's Parkinson's fault because if he's not managing this team, if he's not motivating them, what is he doing? Like, why is he there? And we were like my one of
1: my best friends is uh, a Bolton fan, and he, I lived with him for a year during that season where they stayed up on the last day, and every every Saturday night he would moan constantly about Phil Parkinson and how it and he was, they, weren't, they weren't getting the results and he had, you know, hands tied and all this but he said the football was just yeah. awful and, and as soon as he was appointed he, te- he texted me saying good luck with your meat and potato football <laughs> and, it, and to bar that Tranmere game and maybe parts of the Shrewsbury game were a bit unfortunate. That's what we're getting meat and potato football. I think, well,
3: Tim, you alluded to it earlier the reaction following the Leicester under 21 defeat. Would you not argue that the lack of reaction following the tranmere victory is arguably yeah. more concerning? Definitely. Because we, for that game, we were at them from minute one, we played them off the park. I mean, we only had six shots on target, so let's not kid ourselves that we would, we, we we turned out like Barcelona because we certainly didn't. <laughs> and and then then they, beat Coven, they beat Coventry, but it's like they're,
1: they're not a great team. No,
3: but that was a really weird fluke result as yeah, well. Yeah, it was. Actually, we'll um, get, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, um, but I I I would ask. Well, I'll pose the question to you two. Would it? What concerns you more, the lack of reaction to the under twenty one defeat, or the lack of consistency and uh, reaction to the five 0 win over Tramore? Well, for me,
2: it's it's the lack of consistency in the reaction to the Tramore game because that the fact that they it's almost more annoying the fact that yeah I mean like you said you yeah, we had six off the target we scored five we still scored five we still battered effectively battered them we were the better team from minute one to the end of the game. Why? go from that like how could it be possible to go from that to be so bad so quickly like what what are they not getting and I don't want to pin this all on the manager because I get that obviously people are right to be annoyed at the players and I'm annoyed at the players but fundamentally the manager's job is to make sure that, or try their best to make sure that the team are going to present themselves and play the game in the best way they possibly can and I just feel like the not doing that and it's quite obvious why, because the the attitude that they have on the pitch is not a winning sort of arrogant, confident attitude. It's more of an attitude where like it's gone, it's like almost like a malaise, or it's almost almost like the, the back end of the Premier League years, where it's like nobody's really bothered. It's like we're just sort of playing. Yeah. I would agree with that uh, malaise thing, but when you say about
1: that, like the kind of like cocksure arrogance. We've not had that since, like, November of last year when we went on that really great run. Um, We won, like, eight, nine games in a row. Um, To play a bit of devil's advocate, do you reckon he's just praying that Charlie White becomes fit again? Because if you see at his previous clubs, he's had players like, as I mentioned, Aaron Wilbraham, and Gary Medine, and he, he, he likes having that big lump that he hoys it up to. And also, like, I think we underestimate... I never thought I'd be saying this, but the absence of uh, Lyndon Gooch—he
2: had that amazing game against mm. Tranmere. Uh, he, was also, he was also good against. Was it? Wick, was it? I think he was. Quite, was it? Wickham, Wickham was the first one. Yeah, yeah. Gooch played. The games Gooch has played in he's played very well. And it's always a case. It's like it starts off as a
1: knock, and now he's out for three months. And so may, maybe he's waiting for players ones like Charlie White comes back that that's his system
2: well, he, Then he, he might be to but do. even with Charlie White he's the one player who can be the focal point but we're still not a long ball team even if you play Charlie White because the rest of the players we're not it's not, it's not Quinn and, for him and Grigg isn't Quinn and Phillips you know what I mean it's not it's not Gary Medine and who, you know whoever Bolton had uh, La Adam LaFondre La Fondre, yeah, yeah. We, we work but we, you know we keep the ball on the deck and play through the middle and then get it out wide and get the ball in the box on the floor or, or for a flick on something like that and that's the squad that was built by because Jack Ross built this team to play football a certain way which we did play for a while last season and obviously things have gone sour but to take this same set of players and go like, right we're going to play a long ball football with Charlie up top it's not going to work I think that was evident as well because
3: Ross wasn't adverse to playing long ball football, and but the, the, obviously you mentioned in there waiting on Charlie White. There's been plenty of times this season and last where we have actually tried to play long ball football to Charlie White, and it just doesn't work.
1: It just That's doesn't. The thing, work. I mean, the other he's not great, or Wike is not. White's not even sometimes
2: good at that job yeah, so. Will Griggs not, not, a, not, not, not the type of striker who will sit in the box Michael Owen, Kevin Phillips, whoever get, get a flick down the box and finish He needs a bit of space to run into He needs a ball He needs a one-on-one That sort of thing You're not going to get that With a flick down from Charlie White right? What you're going to get there Is you're going to get a crowded penalty area get knocked down in the melee and then if you've you got a striker like your michael owen your your kevin phillips with it they'll create something out of that yeah they will great but it, will, isn't, will isn't that type of striker so it's not
0: gonna work hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: I think, though, I, one thing I will say, and it's, it's quite an odd thing to say, I'm actually quite excited to see. All right. Yeah. Um, the end of the season, <laughs> yeah. the club folding. Um, <laughs> Wyke in the middle, what more one side, yeah. and Gooch the other, mm. and then potentially someone like a Maguire or McGeady in the what middle. Well,
2: nine did on... it with that for Wickham, didn't he? So maybe he could, uh, yeah, even
3: even a 9 behind as well.
2: Yeah, well, when oh O-9, nine nine's breakthrough season for Wickham, he played sort of number 10 slash second striker and effectively. I can was the Wike and he was winning the winning the balls and in 09 was 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 he scored I think he scored maybe He's just, 10 goals that yeah, season something like that he scored and on
1: Saturday, uh, Sunday we going to me, he scored again so yeah so maybe maybe be the guy, not, but I think, I
2: think I think the problem's good, to pin our hopes on long balls up top to to Charlie Wyke and hope someone's going to flick down was, if that's parkinson's ultimate goal then I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be boy, enough to get through <laughs> The uh,
1: obviously he's, he's Parkinson's come for like a lot of flat because sports patience is wearing considerably thin. Just understandably, though. Um, and one of the, the main defenses of him is like, well, when we get to January, he's going well. Apparently, he's going to be backed by the owners. But how many times have we heard that? And he's just brought really in a lot. we yeah, exactly. But. The rate it what we are going, is there a, Could it be too late by then? I think January is definitely
3: going to be damage limitation rather than finding the, the final ingredient to the
1: recipe. Um... Well that says to me that we might as well forget about promotion I, I'm, I'm
3: well, well on board with that
1: <laughs> well, it's Certainly automatic I
3: mean the playoffs, the playoffs is a lottery as everyone says is one of the biggest uh, cliches in football but, and I, I, I genuinely think we could sneak into the playoffs but if we carry on the way we're going we won't no. I, 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 I don't think you can argue with that I don't think that we're good enough as a unit, right now, to get into the playoffs, and I think if you maybe maybe scrape sixth
2: if someone falls out of it, but we're certainly not three, four. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd slightly disagree with that. Purely be, not not because of anything what you've just said is wrong. Because to be honest, it's not really. Other than there's not really anybody else who's any good either. So that's the point. The league think, is I think there's no real standard. We just sort of bumble along till January. Would probably be there or thereabouts to where we are now and the problem I've more got is that yes if we had a manager who I thought yeah you know I'll get a January and we'll sign some good players or I was confident that we'd have the funds available to be able to buy these players one, one or two or both then fine because I think the difference between the vast majority of the teams in the top half of league one is probably not that much and you know let's be honest we've seen some crap teams ...who were above us in the table. We're probably going to see another one on Saturday in Coventry. Like They're all right, they're not great, but they're probably a bit similar to us. The problem's going to be that I don't know whether he's going to sign the players who could going, going to actually make us any better.
1: Yeah, that's the point.
2: Uh, well, I thought I'd do a bit of research and see who
1: he brought in for, when, for his Bolton team. And essentially, it's just a team of massive bastards. <laughs> you got players... Ben Ben Alec on it? <laughs> well, well, signed two goalkeepers, but he's bought players like Mark Beavis at centre-half. Massive bastard. Jamie Proctor at centre-forward. Again, a massive bastard. And also, according to my friend, shite. <laughs> <laughs> but players like Chris Taylor, Philippe Maresh... Buxton. Buxton. Yeah. These are just players that you think, they don't set the pulses racing. And you don't... You wouldn't think... That's a team that got promoted. Although those were ke- clever additions that got that, a team promoted, and I don't know what he's like. I don't particularly know what his league one knowledge is there. Can he go and find like? It's like where do you even start? Because it feels like you need to sort the defense out, or you need you need someone who could score a bloody goal. I think that's the main
3: focal point. We definitely need someone who can actually put the ball in the back of the net. Defensively, we you can work on. Um, shape and, and structure, and, and sort of tighten it up a little bit w- with the same personnel. But if your goal scorers are that wide of the mark as w- as are at the moment, you need some. You need some new new faces in there. I don't. Uh, you, c- you cannot expect Will Grigg Bearing in mind, we signed him nearly a year ago, mm. and. He's probably scored a handful of goals since then. Yeah, you can't expect someone like that to then just immediately switch on and, yeah. and score and score 15 towards the back end of the season. And to be honest with you, I'm more excited about um, which sort of ex-Sunderland players Parkinson brings in because he does have a track record of, of bringing in some some wild names: Will Buckley, Mark mm, Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Jan
1: Kirchhoff, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely have it, and obviously Ben Arnett, has already been mentioned. And...
2: <laughs> well, to be honest, I would happily take Daryl Murphy. Well, I, I've done a little bit, a little bit of research in yeah. oh, well, well done. Into players <laughs> who no, no, I saying you haven't, but I've done a little, a little bit of research <laughs> in the uh, into names, na- names of players who you know we could argue potentially get on loan until the end of the season in January. Leon Clark is one. He's still at Sheffield United he's played I think half a game for them against against Liverpool actually weirdly but his goal record since he played for them is really good he's played a lot of games in the league and he's scored a lot of goals I think he's 34 he's probably got half a good season and if we get him on loan he'll probably get us 8-10 goals I would say and he is a
1: he's a striker that would see Sutherland as again as like a maybe like an Indian summer I mean he's he's been fantastic for Sheffield United going through the leagues and obviously his game time there is going to be significant we well, he know he's not going to play really now and yeah I don't know I don't know why no one else has gone in for him or maybe they have and maybe he's just happy to be a Premier League
2: player or I don't know that's it I, th- I think, I think if, he, if we could go for someone like him and then maybe he's look for some kind of we need, we need, I think we need full back, at least one full back um, <laughs> preferably a right side of full back Who's gonna? Because Denver Hume's actually for me got a lot better in the last few weeks in terms of going forward. I still don't. No, you, know, you don't agree there, do you? defensively. But you know, he's he's got a few assists. Um, <laughs> maybe he's. Uh, I'm just looking through. You know, I don't know what the expression is. Denver Hume in the glasses. <laughs> glasses but, yeah, I think I think if we get more attacking, more attacking right back to compliment him because um, you know we need somebody who. Who's going to have a bit of bit of pace? Because Mac- Mac- Conor McLaughlin is is effectively like a centre back. Play- it's like when we use it's like when we used to play centre backs or right of just Steve Bruce, and it's just it just doesn't work.
1: But well, now it's also we found out that 09's position is better forward, and yet he's still using aux- yeah. auxiliary right back. Hmm. Um, so it's Coventry City on Saturday. Good old Coventry City. Um, do we hate them? No, no. Good. Let's move on to that, because <laughs> as we all realise, like nobody nobody cares because it's a stupid thing that none of us are actually yeah. can remember. Anyway, they're third in the league at the moment, they flying. They've only lost twice so far, twenty nine points, undefeated in the last five. But they've not won away at all. They've had this weird quirk of win one, draw one, and so. What are, we, what are we going to expect from Coventry City?
3: I think they'll come... Well, if, if
1: last year's um, showing is anything to go
3: by, hopefully it's at least an entertaining 90 minutes. To be honest with you, I'd take that now. Melted
1: just, Jack Ross's brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's melted everyone's I mean it, brain. <laughs> it,
3: I think it was the beginning of the end for Ross. Yeah. Um, but as, it, as a game, as a 90 minutes, it was actually... Looking back on it, I'd take that over another one nil with one shot on target <laughs> yeah. kind of game. Yeah. Um just it, that's that's the kind of football. That's the kind of they're the kind of games I think you actually go to football for. You don't go yeah. to football for the, the grinding out one nils on a on a cold Saturday in November. You go for the absolute craziness. And to be honest with the Southern fans we don't actually see a lot of that. We no, don't we get don't. many Many, I mean, the, the opposition often score a lot
2: of goals. Yeah. We don't regularly score four at home, put it that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs>
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, as as a unit, I think they'll be robust, and I think
1: they'll they'll they'll, they'll probably set out for a point. To be you, re- you reckon? I think these will be bang off. Uh, I reckon they'll be bang off. They'll bring. I do I imagine they'll bring a couple thousand up, and you know, Sunderland are in a bit. The mood's not right there I think they would yeah. smell a bit of blood there I think, I think they're limited in, in ticket numbers as well I oh,
3: yeah. believe Mickey Mickey Luff put out a tweet Saying they've been banging on about How we've reduced their allocation it's And absolutely. they haven't been actually being
1: a Um I'll well, take all that back then I'm talking Shy. <laughs> but
3: but you, look, you look at some of the teams That they've actually failed to beat um, Away from home And you're talking like your Boltons Your Oxfords um, Burton, okay, they're not a bad side. MK Dons, um, I think they had a quite high-scoring draw with uh, Peterborough and uh, Portsmouth as well. I think they're actually down nine men as well.
2: Two old, two Peterborough, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, um, I mean, they're not. They're not. I, they, I think the FA Cup victory was actually their first win on the road this year. Yeah. So I don't think that they're as comfortable away from. St. Andrews which is weird <laughs> away, from <Birmingham. laughs> yeah, away from Birmingham which is actually quite weird um, as they are um, at, at, at Birmingham
1: yeah and of course it's um, Mark Robbins who <laughs> managed to turn us down and get himself a new contract in the space of things so there's a bit of uh, needle for yeah, yeah. it all um, so given if we do have two centre-halves missing um, Wait, who what kind of lineup
2: were we expecting? Well, my main takeaway from our game against them last season was pace and their pace up front. Yeah. They had Jordi Hirula, which I don't think plays for them anymore, Bright Bakari who definitely doesn't play for them anymore.
1: Connor
2: Chaplin, He doesn't play for them anymore. And no. Bakioko who played who still in the last game, they were the front three. And they made absolute mincemeat of our defence going forward. Didn't they? The amount of space that they had was ridiculous. But I don't necessarily think. Looking at look, I mean, I'm just basing this period off looking at their recent lineups, They haven't had play, They haven't got the players with the pace that they had. there. Shipley's still there. I mean, he seems to really enjoy scoring against us for some reason. Um, I'm sure he'll try that again. But um, I think we need to start with a strong baby for me if John Wilson's is fit he has to play like I said before be an ex-company player big game for him he'll be up for it he'll want to play if he's fit start him obviously if Lynch is fit as well start him if not for me um, I think Oz Turk hasn't done enough so you'd be looking at would you be looking at Taylor maybe would you say yeah I'd say yeah I definitely
3: definitely think Taylor's um, done enough and I think no matter what, you have to start with the four at the back rather than the three that we saw on uh, yeah. on Tuesday night. Um, the, the four at home against Coventry in the league, you have to you have to be solid for the first 15 yeah. minutes. And surprisingly, actually, um, I was doing it. I was just having a, a quick flick through. And we don't actually concede that many goals in the first 15 minutes. It's usually mm-hmm. from 15 minutes to, to half time where a lot of our goals are conceded. Where we just seem to we seem yeah, to switch off or we seem to let them in, let, let them into the game more so um, and I think especially if you're playing with a three that, that becomes more problematic as well um, but I think if, if both centre-backs are out I think you have to go with Flanagan and, and Taylor I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think like you say Olsutek's done enough and I'm, I'm a huge advocate of Olsutek he, but unlike when he was dropped um, by Ross when he came back into the team and he re- made a real made a real claim for that spot yeah he just back in last season um, yeah. with this time around he just seems to seems seems to have, have sort of, uh, gone inside his shell and he's not certainly not the player he was
1: no. uh, towards the back end of last season the start of this And uh, again midfield
2: again is a bit of a bone in contention full backs as well full what <laughs> uh, full-backs. Full-backs. Well, we, full sorry linked to midfield I, I think I think we'll have to I mean much as much as uh, I'd like to say play 9 at right back because I think genuinely sadly for Conor McGotton he is a better right back than Conor McGotton is but I think we need 0-9 further forward so we'll reluctantly play Conor McGotton at right back Hume will play left back hopefully because De Bock is 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 not, he's not De rubbish. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Basically, who De Bock is that, you know? Yeah. But uh, in the midfield, um...
1: <laughs> 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 I do apologise for all.
2: Um, let, well, let, hopefully that bit of won't play. Power will probably play, won't he? Yeah. Uh, probably Dobson as well. Uh, head of uh, Ledbetter, who
1: seems to
2: be yeah. shot to bits. He can't really run anymore. Suddenly,
1: see, he seems
3: to have aged about thirty years. In the space of the summer. Yeah, Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true, yeah, it's coming, it's coming back to Sunderland. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right in what you say, Power and Power and Dobson, it, it kind of has to be, although again, neither of them really fill me with that much confidence. No. Um, I'd rather, oh 09, I'd rather oh 09 in the middle, and I'd actually yeah. quite like to see oh 09 and Dobson together because they both the Chuckle Brothers yeah they both seem a lot lot of gel in that lineup (laughs) yeah they both seem like I mean it'd essentially be two Cheshire Cats smack bang in the middle of the park but it would be quite interesting I think to see the energy levels when they're playing together because because I think they're the type of characters that, that bounce off
1: the person that they're playing with and we've never we've never seen that never Not seen that, that duo yeah. because mm. like you said 09's always been shunted out to right back and obviously Dobson's very new and so up front it's, it's probably going to be Will Grigg and two others what more because McNulty's out place? injured
2: is it again? I'm oh, injured again. Yeah, we'll need pace, so we'll need more? What, because what? he's literally the only the player with any sort of pace. That he's got. Is Gooch fit? Do we know? Um, well,
1: apparently it was the injury was worse than they feared. So what it started off as stri- <laughs> what starts off as a strain probably turned into like a hernia or something. I don't know. But. Would you play MagiDi after his supposed spat? Well, well, I I'm
2: not buying. I read a bit. I, well, I read some tweets about that. Apparently, he he expletived it at a fan during the game, and then apologized. Then after so I've I'd, I'd let that go.
1: It's just let, it's it's one of these things that happens when. I mean, if you've got you got someone shouting, not, like yeah, him, you're not doing you're not doing well, and then it, someone puts up a tweet said, "Oh, McGee, McGee swore at me." It's like, well, you were probably swearing at him all yeah. all game. So, also he's oh, still our like, best player. He? <laughs> cool. Yeah, and he's still our best player, unfortunately, but. Um, on the plus side, Parkinson again rule out less than twenty But he hasn't conceded a goal yet at home, and we forget that he has had the majority of away games, yes. oh, league games, yes. league oh, games, league game, sorry, league uh-huh. games. Going to see a lot of cup games, <laughs> 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 less than when a, when a lot of cup games. Yeah. Um, so does that fill you like with confidence? Is it going to go to Fortress Stadium of Light and well?
2: potentially I mean I I know I said start McGeady before but then just remember that actually at times the season we have looked better when McGeady hasn't played Um, and I don't think that's a coincidence not because he's not a good player because obviously he is and technically he's arguably the best player in the league never mind just, just for some but I do sometimes think that everything's focused through him when, when he plays for us which is which is negative because then you've got other players who end up having to make runs knowing they're not going to get the ball you've got players who haven't to uh, drop, drop back to cover him because he doesn't obviously track back he doesn't put a lot of, he occasionally run back and do a questionable slide tackle but other than that he'll often not, not really do much defensively so maybe it'd be a good idea to not play
3: Yeah just to elaborate on your McGeady point there we seem to have the barcelona mentality um i don't know if you cool <laughs> yeah not the good side no, he's messy. Yeah, that's exactly the point i'm about to make yeah oh, sorry so barcelona when times get tough they just feed the ball to messi and they expect him to change the game, and sometimes ta- well majority of the time he does, but sometimes he doesn't. And um, in case you weren't aware, McGee is not as good as Messi. Um, so relying on Magiidi as much as we do
1: is only going to spell danger. And that's alarming that that's, that tactic has crossed over two managers now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Is well. Anyway, on that on that light Positivity. note, we've got. I've got a question of the week for you. James McLean this week opened a press conference by referring to a journalist as an effing little weasel. In this in this spirit, which Sunderland, which member of the Sunderland team do you think most resembles a weasel? Duncan Watmore. Duncan Watmore? Right. Yeah. I think his head's a bit too wide for that. Duncan don't don't Watmore, just for the,
3: the, the hair colour. Um, and also I imagine he seems quite a a, a tricky character he's quite quick yeah well. weasels are quick yes you know. yeah and you can he, he, imagine he would be someone who would sort of dart through you if you tried to have a rugby tackle I don't know why you would but if you ever try and did he imagine he'd be, have quite sort of a step on him
1: uh, weasels are like, like clever and Duncan Watmore is quite clever exactly yeah
3: he's got, a, he's got a degree from Newcastle University uh. so <laughs> hey maybe he is a
1: weasel or
2: who's your weasel? Um, I'd say, um, no offence to the '09 lovers, probably Luke 9 Just cause why? He's just a little bit weasely, isn't he? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we—I I like Because we, all his hair No, back. I just think, like, you know, I mean, you know, he has this yeah. lovely perception where everybody loves him, and I mean, I don't know the guy; he might be a nice guy, but I don't know. Sometimes, like, he seems too nice. I feel like a weasel
0: you know, might be a little bit, a bit too a bit nice. Yeah. A na- You got to always
1: watch
2: yeah. those people that are too nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, mine was Connor and McLaughlin because he looks like a weasel. Yeah he doesn't. He's really, got that thin face and it's just like the vacant eyes. I think that's too sensible an answer Alright, sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry Luke if you listen by so, the um, way, mate. I love just, It lo- <laughs> just looks like <laughs> a
1: weasel. He's just looks like a long face and they're like kind of like although I was saying that the weasel look like they're doing they know what they're doing, but <laughs> <laughs> And they have
3: face. And they, they have, have
1: face uh, uh, okay, I'll push you for a prediction. Um Joe. I'm going to go a
3: positive Ooh. Jack Ross special 1-1. One, one. That's not
1: positive. <laughs> it is when you see the way we played at the moment. Yeah, true.
2: I don't know why, but I'm yep. saying
1: suddenly 2-0. 2-0. Get that party bus rolling again. Yep. Um, I think we're going to lose. <laughs> I think it's going <laughs> to be 2-1 The Coventry, and it's going to turn... Utterly poisonous in the stadium of light. We? Just,
3: just on that, though. To be fair, I'm not advocating poison or anger or anything like that. But at least there's a bit of passion, because I don't know where you guys sit when you go and what have you. But from my experience, the Roker end, it's just so lifeless at the moment because everyone, think, yeah. everyone just seems to have just accepted the fact that we're just shit
1: ways in that just being beaten down after year after year no, but, yeah it yeah.
3: absolutely is but last year when, when, when things got tough the, the support was there and the crowd was up for them And mm. but this year it doesn't seem to be the same and I'm not having a go at supporters at all because I'm very much the same because it's almost like you've got no energy to actually to actually try and get behind them because they're just showing nothing for you on the pitch you yeah. need something to get yeah, behind I think,
2: I think we've given, we've given so much for so long, even just in League One, in the last however many months it is since since this first game of last season that like you say, it's getting wearing and it? It's getting it's getting hard to keep every time like you go a goal down at home to a team who previously you'd only ever played in the first round of the League yeah. Cup and now you play them in the league. It's hard to keep you and I know it sounds arrogant to say that, but it's true. Yeah. It is hard, and we're not the only club who's had that, and any club who's had a second season. Or, or more seasons at this level when they're not used to it, it it is hard so yeah I think you're absolutely right it is a struggle and it yeah. also feels like we've been to this rodeo
1: before just in different divisions yeah. it's like the the glimmer of hope then crushed and it's just happened now but because it's had a third tier that nobody has ever experienced in the history of supporting Sunderland it's just a bit really galling and on that really positive note well, I've got to plug our live show <laughs> yeah on the 6th of December we're at Fausto in Roca for our 500th episode with uh, the always funny and uh, popular Stephen Elliott. We've got a couple tickets remaining, £5, they're on the website. And before we go, we've got a couple more things in my admin section. We have a competition winner. Thanks to everyone who entered, but congratulations to at52cal, which his username is why not... What does that say? Why not an A... And then a, a, a slapper is, yeah. is apparently you husband. are um, f- husband, father, yeah. sneakerhead, golf hacker, an yeah. AFC season, season yeah. kingdom, and all your views are your own. So that's good. And then a retweet is not an endorsement. Hashtag swoosh life.
0: So and well done. Won. So well <laughs> done.
1: So drop us a DM, and you have won an item of your choice from the the very lovely people at from the terraces. So if you want any away day clobber. Get yourself on uh, from the terraces, who actually sponsor this podcast as well, which I forgot to mention at the beginning. There'll be, right? There'll be a reaction show after Coventry, and we're back to normal with a podcast on Monday with Stephen and Gareth. So enjoy the game on Saturday, and thanks for listening. <laughs>